Welcome to the third episode of Marathon. Marathon. I never thought we'd make it this far, Oscar. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to make it for hundreds and hundreds okay. more episodes. Mm-hmm. Oscar, how are you doing? How have you been this week? Okay. Nice. How about you? Good. Up to anything special? Anything extraordinary? I watched The Iron Lady recently. What? Mm-hmm. Interesting, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Right mm-hmm. now we're talking about how you are. Well, I don't think our listeners care about how I am. I'm listening <laughs> about how Meryl Streep feels. Well, I wish I could tell you how Meryl Streep feels, because I'd also love to know. I'm doing well, Oscar. Um, you know, we're all going through it, I think. Mm-hmm. But this week, we watched The Iron Lady Oscar. I also watched it. It's not a funny coincidence that we both watched the same movie that features Meryl Streep. Um, so, The Iron Lady came out in 2011. Yep. So, by far the most recent movie we've covered on this podcast. Absolutely. By decades. Yeah. And um, it's also very different just tonally mm-hmm. than all those, some of the other movies you watched, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Heartburn and Postcards from the Edge. I feel like they had kind of the same vibes. Yeah. And they had the same mm-hmm. people involved. And this is a total departure, which is good because we want to change things up. We want to do new some things every episode. So it doesn't get a little... Range, you know? Yeah, still, we definitely need to show off for range, Oscar. Um, so, Oscar, let's just starting off the bat. How did you feel about this movie? Um, it had its ups and downs. Obviously, Meryl Streep was stunning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh-huh. But the film itself, it was just kind of, it was kind of boring. Period. Forgettable. Period. But the acting was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think across the board, it was mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it had some, like, moments where I was mm-hmm. like, wow, mm-hmm. this is cool. No, for sure. I agree. There are moments where I was like, damn, this could have been, like, a really great movie. But it was just so bland. <laughs> and, like, I think we'll probably talk about it later, but for such a controversial figure, like, literally one of the most controversial politicians of recent times, I would say. Again, I'm not an expert. I didn't live when she was in power but um it's it just seemed to take such a middle road that it had like no nothing to say whatsoever almost mm-hmm. which i don't think is an unpopular opinion you know it got it got pretty mixed reviews when it came out um but i think across the board unequivocally people loved meryl's performance yes. in this and you know who else loved meryl's performance oscar the academy the academy yes Importantly, this is our first Oscar-winning performance mm-hmm. of hers that we've seen. So this is um, where she won her third and most recent Oscar. Right. One of, I'm sure, many to come. Um, <laughs> and it was also her 17th nomination. She's had yeah. more since then. So it could be... It might not just be that this is like, this is the one. I mean, it could have been the one. <laughs> it could be the one, like, the performance. But... Also was, like, since... When was the last time she got an Oscar before this? Oh, it was a really long time. I think... Oh, yeah, 29 years. 29, 29 years. years. So yeah. I think it's just a kind of a build-up right. of all and, her amazing work. Right. And I think we're going to, like, see throughout this podcast that she was, like, this amazing, prolific actress, right? And then she kind of, like, was, like, 
pigeonholed and stereotyped into certain roles Mm -hmm. and then she broke out of them and became this like icon in like the late Mm -hmm. 90s 2000s and then now i think after this like really solidified her as one of the greatest actresses that's ever lived you you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that's important to think about it's definitely an oscar bait performance wouldn't you say Right. Like, or, like, role. Not performance, well, necessarily, but role, for she's sure. She's completely unrecognizable in this, especially at the beginning when oh, Margaret sure. Thatcher is in her old age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's... Like, I can't tell it's Meryl Streep at all. Yeah, and I thought... Yeah. There were some moments where I was like, oh, that's definitely Meryl. But, like, I think this is the most I've seen in a movie where it's like, wow, she just transforms, you know? Yeah. To the character. Now that she doesn't, she does it all the time in every movie, but you can really see it this film yeah so yeah so Meryl Streep so Katherine Hepburn has four Oscars so she has one more than Meryl Streep but Meryl Streep has the most nominations um 17 nominations anyways yeah I I agree that I think that um that might not be updated (laughs) she might have had more since then (laughs) um wait okay but um I think that like the opening of the film like you talked about was actually really great because it goes right into her... So this movie came out in 2011, and she, Margaret Thatcher died in 2013. Mm-hmm. So she's really near the end of her life. She has dementia, or Alzheimer's, it's mm-hmm. never really said. Um, and she... Um, 21 Academy Awards. Wow. Mm-hmm. Google's fake for that. Anyways, she still has the most nominations. Um, but, yeah, I think that, like just jumping right into her being, like, super old, and you literally not, like, maybe in the eyes a little bit, but you literally cannot tell that it's Meryl Streep. Like, you, Alexis at the beginning was like, is that Meryl? Yeah. I was like, I mean, I knew it was Meryl, but I was like, blah, 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 blah. Um, And, I don't know, I was like, dang, this is gonna be a good movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, I think the makeup, they obviously did a great job, and they won an Oscar for that, too. That's the other Oscar they won for this movie. Um, I would say Deserved. But there are moments where she looks more like herself, you know, especially when she's younger. Um, but I I think, I mean, her performance is just so, like, I, I don't know. I think that Oscar performances can be really showy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not, this has been said before, but it's not the award for, like, best acting. It's the award for most acting. Mm-hmm. And except for very few moments, I'm thinking of the moment where she, like, gets upset with her cabinet members and where she, like, says goodbye to her husband. But even then, she has a really understated performance in this, I think. Like, it seems like she tried to really nail her mannerisms and her voice, and her accent's impeccable, of course. All the time. Yeah, but... A little bit of Julia Child from Julia and Julia. Oh, I'm Julia Child. Definitely has that going for her, that, like, inflection. Oh, 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 um, (laughs) precisely, um, but for the most part, like, it seemed like she was trying to nail her essence, and she really Mm -hmm. got it, and, um, um, to me, I don't know if Alexis, but, thought this, but, um, just a little bit, I had a, a little bit Miranda Priestly, she was just kind of a rude sometimes. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's not the word you used while we were watching the movie, but yes, this is a family-friendly podcast, so, um, she, uh, I, I don't know, I think, like, like I said, this film doesn't really seem to take sides, which, mm-hmm. like, seems impossible with this figure, but, um, well, towards the beginning, they're kind of, like, sentimental towards her, 
Yeah. I mean, definitely in her old age, they're more sentimental, which is understandable because she's, she's yeah. going through it, you know? Yeah. It's hard to not feel bad for her because she's hallucinating that her husband, who has been dead for a few years, is alive, mm-hmm. that she's talking to him. Um, her, she doesn't really see her kids that often, especially mm-hmm. her son, who's in South Africa. And it just kind of seems like everyone's like, cares more about the idea of her, like, especially her, the idea of her as a prime minister than, like, her, herself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think well, we watched a few um, interviews with Meryl Streep before this, and it seemed like she was really emphasizing that, like, what happens when these mm-hmm. older women are just kind of forgotten by the world. And I think mm-hmm. that if they had focused on that and made that what the movie was about, it would have been better because it mm-hmm. just got so lost in the muck of trying to portray the sympathetic old woman who is reckoning with how do I be a leader and also falling apart kind of at the end of my days and it was hard for me to even seem powerful when I was in power and now it's impossible with trying to get a snapshot of her entire life literally you see her from a child all throughout these like main points in her career right it just like jumps right into them it just is like wait we're here now yeah it goes through 12 years but there were on do you think there's more screen time on her old life or her like power life i would guess her old life right so i don't know it's it's, just, so it's like it's so hard it's like less than an hour of margaret margaret thatcher's entire political career it yeah. just does not work and i i think that like a lot of people have pointed out that biopics work better when they focus on a specific time in someone's life mm-hmm. it's so difficult to capture someone's entire life mm-hmm. in a movie like lincoln for example they focus on a very specific point in someone's life and i just think it would have been better because also like for us, A, not being alive when she was in power, right. and B, not being a British, <laughs> I had no idea what some of this stuff was. Exactly. Like, I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about the Falkland Islands before this. Sorry. I didn't know there was a war there. Maybe that's making me sound ignorant, but I did not know that there was a war there mm-hmm. before this movie, and it was, like, a really big deal. Like, I knew what the IRA was and this kind of stuff, right. but it was, they just plopped us into it with and no context. Go, yeah, not that much <laughs> detail. They didn't really go in depth. Yeah. They just kind of, like skimmed over it you know yeah for sure and they i just like i feel like they use like these huge political moments like the end of the cold war and all this stuff to like give us little snapshots where like meryl can give a really good dialogue you know some Mm -hmm. great dialogue and be like well don't ask me how i'm feeling i don't care about Ask me uh, how i'm thinking ask me how i'm thinking i care about ideas thoughts and actions and habits. People care too much about feelings these days. Um, which is what she says to her doctor who's asking if she has dementia. Um, but it just, it, it was less than the sum of its parts. Which, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of these parts. Besides Meryl Streep, who, again, I, I have trouble with this being, like, her Oscar performance in, like, the recent future because I don't think people really think of this movie when they think of Meryl Streep mm-hmm. anymore. Like, I, I think people do, but it's not the first one that comes to their mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's still, like, a great performance. And mm-hmm. I think that the movie relies on her so much. Like, I don't know how much her back must have hurt from carrying this oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. If it was any actress other than Meryl Streep, this movie would have got forgotten, like, completely. No, completely. It would like, have been discarded. No one would have... If it wasn't Meryl Streep, this movie, like, probably wouldn't have been made. I don't know. Yeah, and 
I mean, it's probably evidence that every other person in this cast is British, <laughs> and she's the only non-British person um, who's playing like a, you know, whether you like her or not, she's an she's a British icon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was pretty. I wonder how the British felt about that a non-British actor. There were playing. some people who were concerned, but I mean, it's it's Meryl Streep. I feel no. like they had to have known that they were in good hands. So. Um, a few other people that were nominated that year, um, just because I think it's really important to talk about with this movie, the Oscars, because it's mm-hmm. honestly what kind of sets it apart, because otherwise it doesn't have a lot going for it. Um, so there's Glenn Close, who was um, Albert Nobbs and Albert Nobbs. Another, Nobbs, legend, another legend who hasn't won an Oscar yet. Um, Viola Davis in The Help as Abilene Clark. Rooney Mara in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as Elizabeth Salander. And um, Michelle Williams in My Week with Marilyn as Marilyn Monroe. There has there's like two performances in there that I bet Cameron would want to win more than Meryl Streep. But um, I've only seen The Help out of all of those, and I don't know. Viola Davis is also an icon, right? Mm-hmm. Like she is. Um, but The Help's not a great movie either, in my opinion. Um, Lots of historical movies that year. Right, Oscar. I think Albert Nobbs is, too. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And then Marilyn Monroe. Damn. Um, so some other people that were in this movie. Let's talk about this cast. Stunning mm-hmm. cast. Stunning cast. First of all, Olivia Coleman. Just, like, showed up. Just, like, showed up, and I was like, is that Olivia Coleman? She has, like, blonde hair. I'm like, wait. She wears, like, 80s clothes. Like, yeah. it's like, and she plays um, Meryl's daughter. Um, what's her name? Oh, Carol. Carol is her daughter's name. Um, who's, like, kind of helping her out around the house because she can't get along very well. Mm-hmm. Great performance. Yeah. Classic Olivia. She also she plays her younger and older. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She has the range. She has the range. Not much to say besides that she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she takes a very small role and makes it memorable. Um, Jim Broadbent plays Dennis Thatcher, which we should say is... this. He's, like, the second most yeah. lead character i would say they they focus a lot on her relationship with her husband right yeah, um sure. do you want to talk about like but it's for me it's really there was never really any like th- chemistry there it was just really weird it was they, yeah. you never really got into the relationship mm-hmm. like a romance movie you know yeah he was very much a caricature where he's like haha i'm the goofy husband who has the serious wife haha ha, ha, i'm joking and i'm like, that. And then there were a few moments where he was like, hey, like, you forget that you have a family. Which I thought were really compelling. And mm-hmm. I almost wish that they had focused on that. Because, you know, she's a woman who's prime minister while raising a family. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would have, like... Because that's a unique position to be in, obviously. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have leaned into that more. But otherwise, I think he does a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, he, he plays it well. Yeah. Um, a few other bit parts that I was kind of stunned. Richard E. Grant who we love him, obsessed with him. He plays, I don't even know, it's a real person, Michael Heseltine Tyne. I'm sure this is a very important person in the UK, so I'm sorry to all our UK fans out there. But um, he was really great. Is um, another person in the Conservative Party who runs for Prime Minister against Meryl. Margaret Thatcher, yes. Meryl Streep did not run for <laughs> Prime Minister. And you know what? She could, and she would win. So, <laughs> And then just the other smallest thing, also like five minutes into the movie, 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge, famous for Fleabag, um, is like Margaret's assistant or something. Mm-hmm. Like five minutes in this movie and she's never seen again. <laughs> but Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Olivia Colman, Fleabag reunion. So I was happy with those people. I think that the other people who are in this that we didn't mention also did a great job. But this is Meryl's movie for sure. It's not one of those, like, it's not, like, one of those movies, like, even Heartburn with Jack Nicholson and Postcards from the Avenger with Shirley MacLaine, where Mm -hmm. you can be like, oh, there's someone that she's kind of playing with. Yeah, I guess you could say Jim Broadbent as Dennis, but but boy, it's really about her. Well, it's in the name, the Iron Lady's not the Iron Lady and her husband, you know? Period. And it shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's not much of a plot, honestly, to this film to cover. You know what I mean? No, it's literally it's... Margaret Thatcher's life. Like, look up Margaret Thatcher's Wikipedia page and her right. highlights. But it doesn't... I don't really... It just is so weird, like, how it just, like, really jumps around. Like, it didn't... It really jumps around. It didn't talk about, like, like a lot of things I know Margaret Thatcher for. Like, the Soviet Union didn't really talk... Just at the end, nothing mm-hmm. a lot... Like, Ronald Reagan, yeah. barely in there. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I guess the more American stuff. Yeah, I guess that that's, like, probably just our American-based viewpoints, you know? Um, which this, I, like... This is a UK movie, this right? Is, yeah, this is a British movie. It's actually directed by the director of Mamma Mia. <laughs> so, shouts out to her for making one of the best movies of all time, and then one that has been forgotten. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. Um, But, yeah, I, I just feel like... It was educational in a way because, like, Mm. I didn't know about a lot of these things. Like, there was, like, a bombing in a hotel that she and her husband were staying at that was um, part of the IRA. And, like, the Falkland Islands was a really big thing. And then there were, like, taxes. I also just had a problem with, like... Like, they showed... It was... They just, (laughs) like... Their interpretation of, like her the negative aspects of her i was just gonna say that it's just like 30 seconds of people just like rioting on the street and they did that all the time like 10 times i swear they just (laughs) like she'd do something like she thought she did like margaret thatcher like good and then they just cut right to the rioting like they never like said this is why this is the reason why we don't you know they they never showed the consequences of her actions on real people's lives Mm -hmm. besides some rioting in the streets and it was so, like, just disconnected, where at the beginning, like, people really disliked her because she brought on neoliberalism and a free market policy to the UK, and their economy took a downturn, and there was huge amounts of unemployment, and there were huge amounts of strikes, mm-hmm. and she kept going and just kept mm-hmm. keeping those same policies, and it says that she's the most hated, she's the most hated government whatever you know Mm -hmm. like in uk history and instead of like showing us that should they see they have a little bit of like shouting right in the house of commons or house of lords i don't know which one it was but besides that yeah they literally think that like they're like okay well you know we'd want to seem even keeled and you know we just showed her being really sympathetic as an old lady so we better throw like five seconds of riot footage in there and they're literally like it was intense sometimes there there was like blood there was like people's heads being like crashed on the ground and stuff and i was like this is the other side that you show (laughs) like have some decency you know to at least i don't know at least if you had given her like a figurehead that she could have kept fighting against Mm -hmm. but it was really mostly her own party right the conservative party that she seemed to be kind of rebelling against Mm -hmm. and you'll see her later in her career they never talk about like the liberals like at all there's just that one guy that's yelling across the aisle 
but so, I think that's so weird that they never like dealt with like the liberals. It was literally just the other conservatives. Yeah, and she's I mean she is radical even among the conservatives in this movie. Mm-hmm. She does not. She really is pretty stubborn. She doesn't take compromise, and that's nope. what's frustrating for me a little bit is how they portray her as again uncompromising. She will take no less than what she exactly what mm-hmm. she wants, right? When it comes to the Falkland Islands, a lot of her advisors are saying that it's not worth it to go over this colony, first of all, and she's like, no, that's ours. That's our colony. Mm-hmm. This isn't South America. Um, and a lot of people are saying, like, basically, it's not worth it. Like, there aren't that many people who live there, and it would cost a bunch of money. And even though she was like, we need to cut spending, she's sending, like, all these trips, these uh, ships over there. But then, like... She just does not listen to her, like, her advisors, which seems like really bad governance to me. And the movie is like, wow, girl power. Yes, Yes, tell them, queen. The the girl... (laughs) Listen to people (laughs) who know things. The girl power was, was like, so overt. Like, just, like, in your face. Which is fine, I guess. Because it's something you have to address, I think, with this movie. But there are some scenes that are a little egregious. Like, should we talk about how... Should we talk about some of the historical inaccuracies, maybe? Yeah, sure. We can talk about that. So So let's talk about how there were actually some women. Yeah. In there were parliament. other members of par- parliament, but the film they, does not show them. No. It really focuses on, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about the costumes later, but it really uses costumes to make Margaret seem like she is one of a billion women, right? There's the mm. moment where she's first going into Parliament, her very first time. Her, She's not Prime Minister. She's just a member of Parliament. And you can see the gray suits and the black suits, and then she stands out like a sore thumb, right, mm. in her light blue. And she's kind of getting swamped by all these men that are going into Parliament. And even when she's Prime Minister, even, there's no women shown behind her on the Conservative side or on the other side, on the, on the Labour Party side. Mm. So that's in an, in, in an accuracy. I understand why, because they want to make her stand out, but also, wow, like, it, 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 I don't know. It seems like if you're going to focus so much on the girl power aspects, you could try to be like, oh, she inspired more women to get into government, even if it's, like, to fight against her, you know? Yeah, and then, like, again, you could include the dynamic with her family, which I think is another important woman's issue that could have been addressed right. in this. No, for sure. And also, like, how her daughter, like, there's that scene, there's a scene where... Margaret is helping her daughter learn to drive because she has to drive her test the next day. And on the way, she basically decides to run for prime minister. Mm-hmm. And her daughter's like, okay, I guess this was about you the whole time, and, like storms off to her room. That was a really interesting moment for right, me. And they're just like, eh, just they just, let it go. And then she runs for prime minister. I don't know. It's just like if you have Olivia Coleman there, which, you know, maybe she was underrated at this point. She hadn't run in her Oscar yet either. But, um,. It just could have, there's, I feel like there are so many ways it could have gone. Um, but yeah, some other historical inaccuracies for, it shows very shortly, um, her, her role in the end of the Cold War and the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. And she actually was a very staunch, staunchly, staunchly against that. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, she did not want Germany to be reunified. Mm-hmm. So things like that, that is just like, it's a bummer that that I think part of it is just because they had they bit off more than they could chew. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's of course you can take creative liberties, but it's like why not focus on a specific time in her life and show both sides, right? And show that some people why some people really really don't like her still, right? It's and 
I don't know. It just felt so milk toast to me mm-hmm. and so bland that they were focusing more on not upsetting people that they could have, that they made like a boring movie, <laughs> which, exactly. yeah, it's kind of a bummer because we haven't really ranted about a movie on this podcast yet. No. We've really liked all the movies both are. Yeah. This is the first one. And uh, Meryl's performances will never that's, criticize. That's the thing. You, cannot, you can't. You can't. So it's mostly about the movies um, that just surround her. But yeah, not the best one we've ever seen. I'm still happy we watched it because right. it's kind of a piece of Oscar's history. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and obviously really, really important to Meryl's career. Like I said, I really think this solidifies her as an Oscar winner across many decades, across mm-hmm. many generations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She truly is like... An Oscar winner of all time. I'm hoping she gets that number four so she can tie with Catherine yes. Hepburn. From she the will. Prom? Probably from <laughs> the prom directed by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think she was winning an Oscar for her appearance in that Sondheim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was Oscar nominated. Yeah, right? Oscar, I mean, girl, there's not going to be any other movies to nominate <laughs> this year. So. Okay, so if you have nothing else to say, Oscar, I think we can add to the segments. Yeah. So enough with roasting that film. Um, so every week on the podcast, we rate every f- Meryl film that we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. So that's three, right? Uh-huh. Heartburn, Postcards from the Edge, and now The Iron Lady. Oscar, what's your rating? The Iron Lady, Heartburn, Postcards from the Edge. Wow, so The Iron Lady's number one. That was from <laughs> lowest to highest. Girl... The Savagery. I have the same rating. Um, I think that's pretty obvious from what we've said about a lot of the film, but it just can't compare. It literally cannot compare. I feel like the yeah. other two are, like, underrated gems, and this one's, like, low-key overrated. Yeah. hate to say it, but... But not I mean, Meryl's performance. We have not to Meryl's get performance. that across. No, for sure, for sure. But I've also seen that there were a lot of mixed reviews about this film. Mm-hmm. Even though they said, like, Meryl's performance is great, the film itself. So, I don't think we're alone in saying that. Yeah. It, was a, it was a great performance, but not a great film. You know? Period. Period. Okay, so our next segment is our favorite costumes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I really like the costumes yeah. in this film. The costumes and the makeup. The makeup was stunning. Every, stunning. I think that aspect of the film was great. Great, great production design. I mm-hmm. felt like um, some of the camera shots were kind of like, like <laughs> during the bombing. There's yeah. kind of like, what's going on. Yeah, it was a little. The cinematography was a little. <laughs> and, um, the costumes were good. So throughout the film, I like really liked how it like differentiated between like the past and the present, mm-hmm. because the past she was wearing blue, like blue was kind mm-hmm. of her signature color. She wore light blue, dark blue, all kinds of blue. Usually like suit dresses, is that what they call them? Pantsuits. No, but with skirt. Pants, what yeah, was skirts? A jacket and a skirt, but is blue. And um, in the present, she's kind of wearing, like, beige, because she's beige old. and, like, baggy dresses. Baggy dresses, like, nightgowns a lot of mm-hmm. the time. Um, so, yeah, but definitely seen a lot in blue. We rarely saw her in anything else. And you're going to talk about some of the accessories that go along with those suits, right? Correct. But um, my favorite costume that we both kind of noticed, like, mm-hmm. oh, we were kind of fighting over <laughs> who's going to talk about this one. But it's a really stunning mm-hmm. uh, blue dress. And it's only one of a few dresses she wears in the movie. 
Um, and it's it's quite beautiful. I would say, Oscar, would you call it cerulean, perhaps? I guess. We're both colorblind again. <laughs> but it's a, definitely a darker shade of blue, but I not mean, super dark. Yeah. Kind yeah. of medium shade of blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has this, it's like a satin dress, and then it has this like kind of lace sequin overlay. Mm. And it comes in this really, I would say, pretty good scene in the film. But mm-hmm. where basically a bunch of male advisors come in while Meryl is getting this dress tailored last minute before a gala of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically she tells them off while her breasts part of her dress is just getting sewn um, and her tailor is just there. And I don't know, it's a moment where you really see how Meryl is portraying Margaret as pretty stubborn, pretty mm-hmm. bullheaded, because she doesn't take the advice of any of her advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I don't know, I think it's an interesting moment where they use, you know, this dress to kind of contrast her femininity, right? Mm-hmm. And But also, you know, showing that it's not really holding her back. And also, it's just a really stunning dress. It's yeah, a beautiful dress. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Okay, so Oscar, your turn. So I'm going to talk about her hats <laughs> that she wears throughout Period. the film. Um, so they're kind of, what, circular? I would say mostly circular. And sometimes they have, like, stuff, other stuff going on with it. Yeah. But there's a scene where she gets, she's like, you have to ditch the hats. Yes, the, like, male... Right right, be- right before she's going to run for prime minister. Yeah. When she has to, like, change her look. Mm-hmm, change her hair and everything. And she's like, the hats can go. <laughs> But the pearls, they must stay, or something like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I guess she does not appreciate the hats as much as we do. Which is Period. Just... Which also, girl, the pearls. Overrated. Overrated, girl, we don't care. I guess they're about, like, her children, but. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> she doesn't care about her children, we all know. Yikes. Um, but yeah, there's some very bulbous hats in this film. Mm. Especially when she's younger. Some, like, the first, there's one scene where she, is, it's like her first scene in, um, in Parliament, I believe. And, again, I feel like they really use it to make her stick out. Like... Mm-hmm, when she's walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when she's walking and there's all the, like, black and gray suits and she's just kind of sticking out. So, yeah, I think the costumes here do a great job. Honorable mention to the dress Meryl Streep wore when she accepted the Oscar for this, which is also stunning. All gold, looking mm-hmm. just like an Oscar statuette. So that's the honorable mention for this week. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, and la- time for our last segment, which is this week in Meryl. And finally, girl, she finally did something. It was about dang time. God. Girl, she was She's doing alive. nothing. She was just sitting there, lazy butt. <laughs> <laughs> But no, she. Um, I'm actually really excited about this mm-hmm. because she's working with one of my favorite people, actors, directors mm-hmm. in the world, Taika Waititi, um, who, if you don't know, he directed um, Thor Ragnarok, and he also recently won an Oscar um, for Best Screenplay for his movie Jojo Rabbit, and he's also from New Zealand. I'm a really big fan of his, and he's actually doing um, a read-through of James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl, um, to raise money for our COVID-19 relief efforts, which is super cool. And thank you to our aunt for yeah, our aunt notifying Catherine. us about this. Our aunt Catherine sent this to me, and then I saw it a little bit later on my um, Twitter feed, too. But thank you, Catherine, for pointing this out. What a great thing to share. So, yeah, honestly, I only watched a little bit of it because I was mostly concerned about Meryl. <laughs> but, um, so basically, 
it's not just Meryl. Um, she has a bunch of different people. She has a lot. He has a lot of people. Um, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, that he worked with. Just kind of all over the place. Some of your favorite celebrities reading this book and raising money, which is super awesome. I believe it's all on the Roll Doll YouTube channel. If you're interested in watching, I think it'd be really great if you have younger kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great that he's doing like voices and like foley sound effects. Really getting into it. So super cool cause, and I'm super happy for Mel. And also, where's the collab? I wanted to be in a Taika movie so bad, don't you? For sure. We need Meryl Streep in the next Thor movie. Period. <laughs> Meryl Streep for the next Thor. Chris Hemsworth leave. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep take over. She could pull it off. She has the uh, hair. She has. The... <laughs> Girl, the way she has the same hair as Thor. She has the biceps. Period. <laughs> um. Okay. And then the last thing that we have to do for this week is share what our next movie is going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So Oscar, this was kind of a debacle, right? To choose right. this. Do you want to talk about what our kind of process of so we're we were looking for a more supporting role Mm -hmm. because all the movies we've covered so far have been leading roles Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. so yeah we were looking through supporting roles and we're like oh this one or this one Mm -hmm. so we came across this movie would you like to say what it is sure it's called rendition Mm -hmm. and um oscar I would say the cast is what immediately caught our attention do you want to talk about some of the great folks it's starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. And Reese Witherspoon. Yep. And of course, I don't know if you know, Meryl Streep. Really? Meryl Streep is in it. Can you believe that? Oh my god. I know. I know. No, when did this movie come out? Um, I'll double check on that one for you, Stridge. But, but I've never heard of it before. Never heard so it, it should be life. really interesting. It's supposed to be like a political thriller. So, so kind of politics. Yep. There's a, you know. A handing of the baton there, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun, but definitely more of a thriller than anything we've watched yeah. thus far. Should be interesting. Um, it came out in 2007. Yeah, I've never heard of it. No, never. It also has um, Peter Sarsgaard and Alan Arkin in it. So yeah, um, it's um, available to watch for free on Vudu if you're interested. Yeah, free to watch with ads on Vudu. Yeah. So... Watch along with us if you're interested. It should definitely be something different and kind of an underrated movie again. You know, I like that we're choosing kind of out of left field choices. We're not going right. the immediate ones. No. Because we really want to test who the true fans are out there. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to listen to us talk for half an hour about Iron Lady, then we don't want you. But of course we'll eventually get to Sophie's Choice and the Devil Wears Prada and Mamma Mia. We'll of get course. there. Just of course. Just stay have with some us. patience. Stay with us. What better do you have to do? <laughs> no, really, though, um, thanks for listening, if you have thus far. Really appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah we'll hopefully keep this going through the summer. Um, and we'll be watching lots and lots of movies, I'm sure, like everyone else is who's quarantined right now. Um, so, yeah, best to all of you guys, and have a good week. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye! What am I bound to be feeling? People don't think anymore. They feel. How are you feeling? Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, I'm so sorry. We, the group, were feeling. <clears throat> Do you know, one of the great problems of our age is that we are governed by people who care more about feelings than they do about thoughts and ideas. Now, thoughts and ideas. That interests me.
Ask me what I'm thinking. What are you thinking, Margaret? Watch your thoughts so they become words. Watch your words so they become actions. Watch your actions so they become habits. Watch your habits for they become your character. And watch your character for it becomes your destiny.